We're going to be looking in our Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, if you'll be finding that. And while you're doing that, I want to say how much I appreciate um, how, what a good missions emphasis we've had over the last several weeks. And along with that, I appreciate those who have helped in a number of ways. Though we, you know, we've had to prepare the missions apartment numerous times, keep it ready for different guests that were coming in. And of course, the Weiss family stayed over there. And, and I just appreciate people willing to help and willing to serve. Same with Emil the other day. Thankful for those who helped prepare, helped for those who helped us as we uh, cleaned up afterwards and set things back up. And it's just a blessing to see people willing to serve the Lord. And I'm grateful. Uh, for that. Um, this morning, for those of you who are in the other building and children's ministries, this morning we talked about our commitments to faith promise. Generally, what we do is we'll have a Sunday like today where we ask people to make commitments and uh, we li we'll linger on with that for a couple of weeks for people to pray about it. We've been praying about it now for several weeks. And people can give to missions without filling out the card. People could fill out the card and not give to missions, but we, we would encourage people to fill out the card and give to missions. And um, we don't just base what we do for missions by what comes in on the card, but I think making a, a commitment, personal commitment to God, prayerfully, this is what I want to do above and beyond my tithes and offerings for our church's missions program and ministry is a good thing to do. So... So this morning we asked people during the invitation time if you would take that card and if you know how much you know you, you want to give, you believe God wants you to give, fill that out and then turn that in during the invitation. And, and there's several right here piled up. And uh, so we're going to do the same thing tonight. And uh, so if you do not have a card, though, raise your hand. I, we have some extra ones. Anybody need one? You don't have one? Maybe you left it here right up here. Kenzie Jolynn. Um, needs one and she has a lot of money no I'm just kidding <laughs> anybody else need one right over here Wild Bill needs one <laughs> anyone else going once going twice do you have one do you need one Gianna was your hand up yeah Gianna needs one yeah talking about having lots of money good if you're old enough to understand giving and who else needs one? Anybody? All right there. Valerie. She's going to borrow money from Zoe. <laughs> Anybody else need one? We may run out before this is over with. No, we got them. So tonight, if, if you pray to be praying about it, if you haven't already during the service, some people keep the same commitment, some increase it. You do what you believe the Lord wants you to do. And we're going to do that at the end, and then we're going to have a, a discussion. I hope it's a good discussion about um, our decisions going forward um, concerning God's will uh, for the next pastor. So we're going to uh, we'll, we'll cover that in a little bit. Second Corinthians chapter eight, and we're going to. You know, I, I would really like to have for you, if you've been saved any length of time, 
just to have it in your mind that 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are devoted to the subject of grace giving. The occasion was special needs that weren't in their local church. This was a need that numerous churches were participating in. The Macedonian churches were participating in. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and urged them to get on board. Um, and it's a, it's a pattern for church cooperation, giving toward a need that is not in their church. It, it fits. It's a, great, it's a great example of what faith promise giving is. It's churches giving in their church. You know, Paul wrote to this church in the first uh, his first epistle and said um, on the first day of the week this is how you do it let every one of him lay by in stores God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come in other words be putting this aside for this special project so it's just a good pattern we call it faith promise you could call it grace giving but this is what this is the subject of these chapters and so We've heard from these, these chapters more than once in our recent missions emphasis. I know Brother Weiss preached once from 2 Corinthians 8, and uh, someone else did. I'm not sure who it might have been, but anyway, so I'm not going to deal with this whole chapter. I'm going to deal with one aspect of it, and it's found in uh, verse um, 8, but I want to read, we'll read three verses. Let's stand together if you're able to stand for the reading of the Word of God, beginning in verse 7. And Paul writes to this church, Therefore, as ye abound in everything. By the way, just for, just for, the, just for the record, God doesn't want us to just have a little bit of faith or a little bit of love. He wants us to abound. He wants us to grow. You know, this idea that we're going to measure out incrementally, you know, the love that we have. No, God wants us to abound. So he says, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Talking about the grace of giving. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Father, we thank you for your word this evening and we, we receive it. Lord, as it is indeed the Word of God, we receive it as your commandment, your instruction, your uh, charge to each of us. We, we thank you for the Bible. We want to live by the Word of God. We recognize that our sinful flesh wants to be the master of our lives. But we want, by, we choose, Lord, as your, as your followers, as your children, we want to be led and taught, instructed by the Word of God. We want to live by the Word of God. So we pray you'd bless our time in your Word tonight. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as, you know, we know there, there are a lot of valuable lessons in this. 
you know, one of the things that was emphasized in a recent message from this passage was how Paul encouraged the Corinthians. Now, Corinth was not in Macedonia. Corinth was in what now in Greece. It's near Athens. It was in the region of Achaia, which is south of Macedonia. And so he's encouraging these Corinthians to look as an example to the Macedonians. I do you to wit, the verse, first verse, of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, that's, he used, he, so we see in this lesson the example of the Macedonian believers who were poverty stricken, and yet it says they were willing of themselves. They were willing. And so... Paul used them as an example. By the way, we ought to have examples we want to follow as well. Follow an example of someone who's growing in grace, someone who loves the Lord, someone who is, don't try to follow somebody that's a, kind of a minimal Christian if there is such a thing. Follow those who are serious about it. And Paul wanted them to model themselves after this church. But the main topic is this, what I call the grace of giving. We read in verses 7 where he says, abound in this grace also. And in verse 9, it says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the fourth and fifth times the word grace, this matter of grace, is mentioned in this text. And he says, oh, we want our grace to abound. We want to abound in this grace of giving. And one thing he says to them in verse 8, which would be the target of what we say from now on, verse 8, is he, he says to prove the sincerity of your love. I want you to think about that phrase. To prove the sincerity of your love. Now, I don't think we have to prove to God that our love is sincere because God already knows how sincere we are. But we need to prove to ourselves how really sincere are we. You know, we all, we've all seen examples in human relationships of people who say, I love you, and then in a matter of time, you find out that that love was not really sincere at all. Well, it's, e you know, it's easy to say, I love you, but this, he says, here's a way that you can prove the sincerity of your love. And that's really what their generosity was. It was, a, it was evidence of their sincere love. And in this phrase in verse 8, I want to I just look at three words. First, I want to look at the word love. And then I want to look at the word sincerity. And then I want to look at the word prove. The word love, just to mention this, is that very familiar, translated from that very familiar word agape. That's the kind, so it qualifies the kind of love it is. This is, a kind of, this is the kind of love that sacrifices. You know, a, a, a guy may say to a girl, I love you, just because he wants, you know, her to... Give him, give her heart to him, you know, cherish him. You can, I love you. Anybody can say I love you. But that doesn't really mean anything. Agape, agape is always a selfless love. Agape is, is a, it's, not, it's not erotic love. It's not phileo. That's the word like Philadelphia, brotherly love. It's not brotherly love. It's more than affection. It's more than infatuation. It's more than emotion. It's more than desire. Agape is the act, actually opposite or antithesis of love that's selfish. John, John 3.16. 1 
For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. That's agape. And Paul is challenging these Corinthians Corinthians to have that kind of love. Prove the sincerity of your agape. Prove the sincerity of your love. Not, Not just the way we love our kids. Not just, I mean, we love our kids. But this is not just a natural love. This is not just the way you, you know, you love pizza or you love, you know, whatever. <laughs> I love the fall. That's all good, but that's not agape. He, wants, he wanted the Corinthians to prove the sincerity of their God's love. By the way, God's children have the potential to love unlike anybody else on the planet. I firmly believe that for two reasons. Number one, because we've experienced God's love that loves us unconditionally, loved us when we're undeserving. Second of all, because the God who is love, God is love, the God who is love lives within us. So we are, we are the great, we're the greatest lovers, not with a carnal, fleshly kind of love, but with a sacrificial, giving kind of love. That's who we are. So that's the word love. He said, it'll prove the sincerity of your love. And then the word sincerity is such a critical word. It means that it's, tr- it's genuine. It's not hypocritical. It's not dishonest. <clears throat> you know, love can be dishonest. I know many people who've been hurt deeply by someone who said they loved them. But their love was not honest love. It was not sincere love. This, the, the opposite of this is seen numerous times in the Bible. For instance, in Romans 12, Paul said to the Romans, let love be without dissimulation. That means let, let love be without any measure of hypocrisy, without, without any sincerity. You find this phrase more than once in the Bible, two words together, unfeigned love. Unfeigned love, you know what unfeigned means? Without hypocrisy. So, so he said, you can prove the sincerity. How, I, I, I want my love for Jesus to be sincere. I want my love for his work to be sincere. I don't want it to be hypocritical. I don't want it to be, you know, dishonest. And so that brings us to the third word where it says to prove. To prove the sincerity of your love. The word prove there means to put something to the test, to examine it. It's like you would examine a metal to see if a precious metal to see if it's genuine. Put it to the test. And how would you could you know? How can you know if your love is sincere and genuine? You know what he said right here to the Corinthians? He said, "Follow the example of the Macedonians who were in a great trial of affliction, gave gave of their own treasure because They wanted to be a part of the work. They wanted to have fellowship in the gospel. And he said, when you do this, Corinthians, when you do this, you'll put your love to the test and you'll prove that your love is sincere. I think it's a great formula, a great pattern we have in the Bible. So their giving proved the sincerity of their love. You know, um, my wife and I have been together a long time. She said, absolutely, it's been a long time. And I'm gonna, I had one of these moments. The, mo- the, the day, Friday morning, I woke up. And in my mind, 
I thought, I was thinking this, you know, we just went through Christmas. I, let me back up a second. For those of you who don't know, we spent the first Thanksgiving we can ever remember by ourselves, just the two of us alone, because our family doesn't care about us. <laughs> Prove the sincerity of their love. So it's such a rare experience. So I woke up for some reason on Friday, and as my mind was, you know, yesterday was so sweet. We had Christmas together. That's what I'm thinking. I had one of these moments. We had Christmas together just by ourselves, and we didn't give each other anything, and it was just nice. And I say all that to say this. We have Christmases like that where we give each other nothing. But you know what? She doesn't know I love her because I give her a Christmas gift. Or she doesn't know I love her because I give her flowers on Valentine's. She knows I love her because the way I show her I love her 365 days a week, and I feel the same thing from her. Love, love is demonstrated by what you give to people, not just a daily moment or special occasion. And so you've probably heard me tell this before. It has nothing to do with the sermon. But I learned a lesson one Christmas. When we agreed together, we're not going to give each other something and yet I gave it, I did, I, she didn't give me anything, but I gave her something. I can still see her sitting in that chair crying. <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. But giving, you know what he says here? Giving proves the sincerity of your love. Saying I love you is different than showing I love you. I'm not saying we shouldn't tell people we love them. We should. But words can be cheap. Uh, my wife and I were reading a few days ago in the read through the Bible thing in Ezekiel. And I'm just going to kind of tell you about this passage because it, it, it really illustrates what I'm talking about tonight. In this passage, God is telling Ezekiel how the people feel about him, Ezekiel. Now, that's an interesting thing for a preacher because a preacher thinks he knows how people feel. Sometimes, you know, you look and you gauge by their response or the reaction and you know what I'm saying? But imagine God telling you, the preacher, how the people feel. And, he, and this is the language in Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel said to, God said to Ezekiel, with their mouth, they show much love. But their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, this, oh, this is good language. <clears throat> Ezekiel, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. Ezekiel, they just like your voice. They like the way you say it. It sounds like music. For they hear thy words but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come to pass, then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. You know what he said? Ezekiel, they say they love you with their mouth, but they don't re they're not really with you. Words can be cheap. Now, words matter, but there's some actions speak louder than words. I'm reminded of the passage in 1 John where John said, my little children, let us not love in word. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
And I just want to say this to you, if this applies to you. You know, um, look at your life. It's easy to say, I love God. Look at your life. Your life will show you whether you really love God or not. You say, you're just, you're just twisting. No, that's what he said to these Corinthians. I want you to look at the Macedonians, and I want you to give as they give, because your giving proves the sincerity of your love. That really proves that you love me. You know, it's easy to say, I love God. Jesus said, if you love me, he didn't say honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> he said, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, keep my commandments. Have you ever seen it? Bumper stick says, if you, if you love Jesus, tithe. <laughs> That's a better bumper sticker. <laughs> because you know what? If you love him, you're going to obey him. Jesus said in another place, if a man love me, he will keep my words. We can be deceived, saying, oh, you know, I, I love the Lord. Well, praise God for that. But if we love him, we're going to want to obey him. True love is not seen in words alone. It's seen in deeds. That's what this means. To prove the sincerity of your love. And the next verse, verse 9, gives us the example in Jesus. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember he said in verse 7, abound in this grace. Verse 9, you know the grace of Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. He was rich. He gave up his wealth that we might be rich. That he proved that. For God so loved the world, he gave. You may have seen this before or heard it. I remember, I remember seeing this in a bookstore of some kind. Christian bookstore. That's when Christian bookstores were. I hadn't been to a Christian bookstore in I don't know how long because they don't have much stuff that appeals to me. But, uh, but I remember this plaque. I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he said, this much, and stretched out his arms and died. That's, how, that's what love looks like. Love is sacrificial. Love is giving. Love is, love is action. And we can apply this, you know, you say, well, that's, you're talking about Jesus. But in the context, that's what Paul said. Here's your example. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus as the example of abounding grace. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, for your sakes he was made poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. And so that's an example for us. We are spiritually wealthy in Christ. Amen. We may not be rich in the eyes of the world, but we are wealthy. We are rich. We have, we have our sins are forgiven. Heaven is our home. God is our Father. I mean, we are wealthy spiritually. And we want to give what God gives us. The love he puts in us, he wants us to love others with. We want to give what he puts in us that others might be made rich in Jesus Christ. That's the example. So our giving is a demonstration of our genuine love for the Lord. And it's not the amount that we give. The important thing is that we're obeying the Lord with it. You know, that we're being obedient to it. And so... If, you know, I'm glad, I'm so thankful that God in his word gives us this two-chapter ex ex expounded, extended definition and 
description and examples of what grace giving looks like. That God wants us to experience that. And most of us would know this, I, I would hope. Maybe younger people hadn't thought it through too much, but in general, God made us to be generous. I believe that. God made us to be givers. God made us, I think that's the way God made us. I'm talking about when God works in our life. He being, you know, some of us are more frugal, more stingy than others, but we've got a bunch of frugal people in our church. I mean, per, per capita, I bet we have a pretty high percentage of stingy people. Not stingy, but just careful people, you know. By the way, where's Kenton at? Kenton, you still got my quarter? <laughs> I want that. <laughs> Speaking of being frugal. But you know what? That doesn't mean we don't want to be generous to God and God's work. You know, I, I really believe, I believe this. I believe it because Jesus said it. But I also believe it because I know it's, it's just true in life. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we could go through life just keeping and just spending it on ourselves. And by the way, if we don't teach our children otherwise, that's the way they're going to live because that's the natural way to live. But Christians live another way. That is, we, we, want, we want to be vessels that God could use for his work. And, and I'm thankful that in a church like ours, that we can pray sincerely about, God, what, what do you want us to do? What do you want our family to do? And I said this this morning, and maybe you haven't done it already, but I'd challenge you if you haven't done it to do it. Sit around with your family and talk about this. You know, what do we want to give to missions this year? Let's pray about it. Let's seek the Lord about it. And uh, that's a wonderful thing to do. And then when you hear a testimony like we did this morning about... You know, children's Bible stories being delivered to people in Columbia, South America, one place noted and notorious for their drug cartels and public schools are distributing Bible lessons to students. Amen. And you can think I had a part in that. Amen. I tell you, that's pretty good stuff. Don't get much better than that. Amen. Let's pray together, all right? Just a moment, I'm going to pray. and I want you to pray where you are. But if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you may be sitting here and you, you just heard me talk about how Jesus loved us so much. He died for our sins. And if you're not saved tonight, he loves you and he wants to save you. If God's working in your heart tonight, you ought to come. Let somebody talk to you about it. But I want you to pray tonight also as, as believers, as members of our church. What would the Lord have us to do for missions? And if you've got that card, you fill out that card. You don't have to put your name on it. Put on there, this is what I believe God wants to do. I'd like for you to, if you would, just turn that over. And Maybe some of you already turned them in before today, and I understand that. 
that you could just cover it, turn it over and bring it up here during the invitation. That'd be a great, that'd be a great way to say, not to me, but between you and the Lord, God, I want to be a part of this, reaching people with the gospel. Our Father, we thank you tonight for the Bible and how it helps us. It guides us, as the psalmist wrote. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We thank you for guiding us through the scriptures. We thank you for guiding us to a better way, and we thank you for guiding us away from our way to the way that you have planned for us. And Father, I'm glad that our church has embraced grace-giving for our missions ministry, faith promise giving, giving to support missions through the churches, like-minded churches around the world. What a blessing. We're grateful for it. And Father, I pray that you'd help us all, not just to say that we love the truth, not just to we say we love Jesus or we love the Bible or we love missions or we love evangelism, but help us to prove the sincerity of our love by how we give our heart to these things because we know you have given your heart, Lord, for these things.